Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Stand up for your country. So the lead story tonight is the turbulent southern border. As I reported yesterday, this is one of three issues that could topple the Biden administration. And this issue is emotional, it's visible, and it's going to be very, very hard to keep the American people from knowing about it, even though the corporate media will try to ignore it as much as possible. So the Biden administration has made it much easier for undocumented folks to get into the United States in a variety of ways. Asylum, actual crossings. We saw a disaster in California yesterday. We'll tell you about that. But even though Joe Biden has only been president um, for a little more than a month, um, he has sent a signal to the world that you can come here. Now, he'll deny it, but it is undeniable, and the numbers prove it. Always go back to the facts, and here they are. So, the United States of America made 78,000 border arrests in the month of January. These are the latest stats we have. 78,000. This is up from 37,000 the previous January, 2020. Okay, so 37,000 January 2020 under President Trump, up to 78,000. These are just arrests. Okay, you assume a lot of other people get over. Second stat. Right now, the Border Patrol is arresting 3,000 people a day. Did you think about that? From Brownsville to San Diego, 3,000 people are being arrested. They have to be processed. You have to deal with them at the flood. All right? That's an 86% rise in arrests in a year. Children, this is the most important issue. Um, In January, 4,000 children, unaccompanied by family members, arrived in the USA and were taken into custody by the Border Patrol. 4,000. That's a 19% increase from December. Okay, remember, the world knew Joe Biden won in November. All right, the world knew that there was going to be an administration change. So right now, total unaccompanied children at the border, um, 20,000, 20,000 kids right now, right this minute. All right. In January 2020, the number was 12,000. So there's 8,000 more. That's a 64% increase. What, are they, what happens to these kids? Well, you can't just send them back like some adults get sent back. They got to be tended to. All right. 97% of all the beds are full. 97%. The Office of Refugee Resettlement is not allowing media tours, so you can't see what I am reporting to you. Because they say because of COVID, but that's not the real reason. I mean, photographers and reporters go in there heavily masked, stay away from the kids and actually see what's going on. They don't want the media to see. They being the Biden administration, which controls access to the migrants who are under detention. Now, 
Um, in California yesterday, 13 people were killed when a van was smashed into by a big rig, a truck. Okay? There were 25 undocumented aliens in that van. 25. 13 are now dead. The truck driver, 68-year-old Joe Beltran from El Centro, California, is in the hospital. The driver of the van, a Mexican national, is dead. Now, they were able to get across and the van with the 25 undocumented because it was a breach in the wall, okay, according to the Border Patrol. The wall was breached. Van came in with the 25 people, 13 of whom are now dead. Now, this is what I said yesterday. This is a very dangerous, deadly situation at the border. You have the cartels controlling the smuggling of people. The cartels will shoot you in a blink of an eye. They'll rape you. They'll take all your money. They'll do whatever they want to do to you. If you're a migrant, because you're powerless. If you're a child, you can imagine. The strategy now is if you can get the undocumented child onto U.S. soil, the Biden administration will allow the entire family to come. So the strategy is that cartels charge the father, whoever it may be, five, six thousand dollars. They look, we'll get little Jose to the USA. He'll be then processed and then you'll be able to come over to care for him. That's the Biden policy. That's why you're seeing this flood of uh, children who are unaccompanied. This is all organized. You have to understand this. This is organized by the most vicious crime gangs on the planet. Okay. So I want to bring in a guy who has studied this um, and has had a lot of say in how President Trump handled the southern border. His name is Stephen Miller. He was a, a White House senior advisor to President Trump. Comes to us from Washington, D.C. Now, you know a lot more about this than I do, Stephen, and I don't ver- say that very much to guests on this program. I'm a know-it-all, all right? I never say you know more than I do in a serious manner, but you do. Am I making any mistakes in my initial reportage on this subject to set you up? No, you summed it up perfectly. So the industry is get the kids here, get the asylum seekers here, because if we didn't even go over that. But if you uh, get to American soil and you say, I want asylum, they're going to keep you here, give you eleven hundred dollars. You can go anywhere you want in the United States for three or four years until your case is heard. Correct. Exactly. When we came into the White House in 2017, in January, we inherited a system that colloquially was known as catch and release. It's a term everybody's heard. It's a term that I use quite frequently because it's a very accurate term to describe what happens. You show up at the border, you're apprehended, you're processed. There is maybe fingerprints that are taken, a cursory interview that is done, and then you're released pending a future hearing date. And the result of that, of course, is that smuggling organizations are able to sell transport to the United States very reliably. They'll say, give us $5,000, give us $6,000, we'll get you to the U.S. border, and within a week, you'll be in Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City, somewhere else, wherever you want to go. 
Louisville, doesn't matter. And that is very lucrative for the organizations that are wreaking havoc, not just in Mexico, but also throughout the Western Hemisphere and certainly in the Northern Triangle. Okay. We the now, the, the children, this is a relatively new thing to get the children here so that their families can follow. How did you guys deal with that? Yeah, so great question. So we began putting in place policies that effectively said, if you arrive with children, instead of being released, you're going to be detained and returned either to home or to Mexico to wait for your hearing date. Another policy we put into place was said, if you want to apply for asylum, you'll have to apply in a different country. So if you're from Guatemala and you want to apply for asylum, you'll have to apply in Honduras or in El Salvador. These policies effectively ended catch and release. In other words, instead of coming into the United States, requesting asylum and getting a hearing date in two or three years, we presented you with a menu of different options. We said, you can A, go to Mexico and apply for asylum from there. B, you can go back to your home country. Or C, you can request asylum in a different safe country. Those were the policies that the Biden administration got rid of in the first four weeks. So that's the reason why you're now seeing this surge, this flood, because they've suspended the policy of resettling asylum seekers in alternate countries. They're now being released into the United States and their hearing dates will be years from now and they're unlikely to ever participate in those hearings. Right, and there's 1.4 million cases pending now. That'll double, I think, in the next 12 months to about 3 million cases pending, which will take six years. Now, why, why does President Biden want this policy? Why? So I think there's a few different things going on here. Over the last five or six years, we've seen the Democrat Party switch from being soft on immigration to embracing a total philosophy of open borders. And there's no other way to put it in the sense that if you show up at the United States illegally and you simply say a magic sentence, you simply say, I want an asylum hearing and you get released. How's that different from an open border? That's what the definition of an open border is. And we've seen that evolution happen Really, I would say probably since um, 2013 until today, uh, when we saw the first surge of, of uh, young migrants, if you remember back to 2013, 2014, and instead of coming up with the plan to reunite them in their home countries, the Obama administration just had a 100% resettlement policy. Since then, the left has really taken over the Democratic Party and they've adopted a position of completely open borders. I think the reason for that is because the left, the Democrats, they think illegal immigration ultimately is good for them because they assume that most illegal immigrants who either A, get amnesty at some point in time, or B, they have children, will shift the politics of the country further to the left. I, I think they also believe that having a, a, a sort of a captive low-wage class is also probably good for Democrat policy priorities versus having a larger, more robust middle class which I think they think is probably better for Republicans. I'll make one other point on this, which is that in addition to that hardcore leftist attitude that's taken over the Democrat Party on this issue, I think there's also some extraordinary reckless naivete on the part of some in the Biden administration, where they were probably so foolish that they actually believed they could dismantle Trump's policies and that nothing would happen, that they actually believed they could get rid of our border security measures and the flood wouldn't come. They could somehow charm the way out of it. I That's don't think so. That's proven to be a deadly mistake. Yeah, I don't think they're that stupid. 
Um, but Joe Biden himself, um, there's a mystery. Right. Because, you know, he, he isn't a radical leftist. However, he surrendered totally to them. Any theories as to why? Yeah, so that is the question, right? So is Biden being totally, completely controlled by the radical left inside of his own party? Or is this a case in which he is just hopelessly, completely naive or both? My suspicion is, is that Biden has always been a weather vane for the Democratic Party. So whatever was popular or ascendant within his party over his career, he's been for. So when the Democrat Party had a brief period where they were tough on crime, and Biden said things that were tough on crime. And when he ran for, for president in the most recent cycle, and the Democrat policy was let everybody out of jail and be tough on police and soft on criminals, that became his new position. So I think he said, you know what? The Democrats are now an open borders party, and I'm just going to go along with that. I think that he probably did not appreciate just how disastrous the consequences of that would be I think the people who are working underneath him, this is their goal. Let's be very clear. The mass entrance and release of criminal aliens and illegal aliens that are happening now with both the ICE and Border Patrol policy changes is the goal. So they're accomplishing what they wanted to. Well, it's going to backlash on them. Um, you wait and see. I know it will. Final question. Your administration, the Trump administration, was criticized for keeping kids in cages the far left press made a big, big deal out of that. It was pointed out the policy wasn't that much different than that of President Obama, that children were put in certain facilities. They weren't cages. But do you think that the same policies are under President Biden or the kids, do they have better facilities now when they come over here? They had, the, they had better facilities when we were in charge. The, the Trump facilities were far better than the Obama facilities. This has one, been one of the most execrable, horrible lies that have been told over and over again under the theory that if you lie enough, people will accept it. There were never kids put in cages under the Trump administration. The Obama administration in Border Patrol facilities built partitions to separate, say, a 45-year-old criminal alien from Honduras from, say, an 11-year-old girl traveling alone from Guatemala. They built the partitions for the safety of everybody involved. We inherited that, and then we built nicer facilities that we then handed off to the Biden administration, which are now, of course, overflowing because they've suspended most removals. All right. It's a grim picture, Stephen. You know it's grim. But I think that a year from now, and we have this on tape, of course, uh, the American people are going to be absolutely apocalyptic about how President Biden is dealing with this. We appreciate your time very much tonight. Thanks, Stephen Miller. Thank you so much. From Washington, right. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door 
were put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, state of Texas and Mississippi both say uh, they're open for business. Okay, so uh, beginning week from today in Texas, all businesses are open. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. Um, all the executive orders coming out of Austin are suspended. So uh, a lot of people in Texas are very happy. Mississippi, same thing. Now, the interesting thing about this is that businesses in Texas and Mississippi can still say you can't come in without a mask. They still have the authority to do that. Individual businesses can. But there's no mandate on a part of the state government. Now, um, is that a smart thing to do? Economically, it is. But I would have been much stronger had I been Governor Abbott and the governor of Mississippi by saying, look, we're doing this because we know how much people are suffering and we want to alleviate that suffering. But please wear the mask if you're in a crowd and social distance, because, yes, vaccines coming. But we don't want a flood of new COVID cases, which will happen in Texas and Mississippi. You mark my words. It will happen. Now, by May, President Biden says everybody will have the vax. I wants it. Let's hope so, because that's what will really diminish this stuff. But here's a really interesting wrinkle. So after the announcement in Texas, the governor of California, who's about to be recalled because he's shut down his state, leading to unbelievable suffering, and the people of California have had enough of him, Gavin Newsom. He says that Texas and Mississippi policies are absolutely reckless. That's a quote, absolutely reckless. So why would Gavin Newsom be commenting on what's happening in Texas and Mississippi? Why? And have anything to do with California, which is still locked down. It's because if those policies are successful, all right, doing away with the mask mandate and opening up everything, Newsom looks like a boob because he's not going to do that. He's going to keep it shut down. Not totally, but as much as possible. And the schools in L.A., um, the teachers union say, we're not going back. We don't care who orders us to do what. We're not going back. And the reason we're not going to go back is because of racism. Roll the tape. If you condition funding on the reopening of schools, that money will only go to white and wealthier schools that do not have the transmission rates that low income black and brown communities do. This is a recipe for propagating structural racism, and it is deeply unfair to the students we serve. And so we're not going back. We're not going. So if you are in Southern California or any part of California and you're not sending your kid to private school and you have the money to do that, you're crazy. Because the racism charge is now going to be used in everything. California is the most liberal state in the union by far. All right. And the money that they spend on minority schools, you, it's 
through the roof. So this woman sits there and goes, well, you know, uh, this COVID, if we open and go back to school, then there's going to be a tie-in uh, and it's not going to be fair. It's going to be racism and all that. I mean, you're just looking at it and go, uh, if that's true, then the state of California is racist because they're the ones that are supervising the minority school districts, right? So we're going to deny every kid in California public school education face-to-face with teachers. We're going to deny that because of some fantastical racism accusation that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And everybody goes, oh, yeah. So anyway, um, California, deeply, deeply troubled state. Um, Joe Biden didn't really say much about Texas and Mississippi opening. Uh, Here's uh, spokesperson Jen Psaki. Uh, says that uh, president's going to follow the science. How many times have we heard that? I think it's up to about 35,000 times now. Okay, good. I'm glad you're following the science. I don't know what that means. It's a bunch of BS. Um, what do you think about Texas and Mississippi opening up, Mr. President? What? Good? Bad? What? Forget it. Forget it. Not going not gonna to say anything. Now, why does the left want to keep everything shut down? Isn't that the key question here? Why? It's never been defined. There isn't a, a paper I can show you or an opinion piece that I can show you. Now, why the progressive left wants to keep the country shut down? Now, they'll say, well, because we, we, want, we don't want you to get COVID. We don't want the kids to get COVID. We don't want anybody to get COVID. It's all about us being humane. It's us. We care so much about you, O'Reilly, and your family and everybody else. That we just don't want any chance of COVID getting to you. So we're going to shut everything down. And the teachers aren't showing up. Now, the collateral damage of that is way more than getting COVID, unless you're an older person with uh, a precondition. Um, but you can't debate it. But here's the real reason, in my opinion. I can't back it up, but in my opinion. Okay. The progressive forces in this country want a strong central government in Washington and each state capital run by progressives, far-left people. They want the government to tell Americans what to do, when to do it, how much they can have, how much they have to give to the government. They want to control our lives top to bottom. One way to control is to have the power, whether it be the president or the governor, telling you when you can open your business, how many people you can have in there. They want to establish that control. COVID has given them the opportunity to establish central government control, which is the key to socialism. There isn't any country ever that's been a hardcore socialist government that hasn't had totalitarians running it. And that means removing freedom of speech, dissent, all of that. That's what I think is going on here. But again, I can't prove it. Another crazy liberal state is New York. So uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo um, had a press conference today, first one uh, in a long time. And 
the most serious allegation against the governor is doesn't have anything to do with misbehavior in women. It has to do with him covering up an executive order he signed that allowed senior citizens with COVID who had it to go into nursing homes where they lived and spread it to everybody else. Cuomo did that. It's almost inconceivable, but he did it. And then he tried to cover it up. And his own people admit it. So they're not allegations. It's basically on the record that he did it. So now the Justice Department is in investigating. Now, will anything happen to Andrew Cuomo under Merrick Garland, the new attorney general? Probably not. Probably not. The state of New York also investigating it. That's a little more shaky for Cuomo because Letitia James, the attorney general, wants to be governor, wants to take Cuomo's place. So she's got an agenda to get him. But Cuomo himself, okay, the misconduct stuff, he's going to get by that because there's no recall here, you know, to impeach him. They're not going to do that. He'll probably get by that. He knows he will. And so today he said this. Go. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. And I certainly never, ever meant to offend anyone or hurt anyone or cause anyone any pain. And I've learned an important lesson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whatever pain I caused anyone. I never intended it. Uh, And I will be the better for this experience. Thank you. Okay. So there'll be more misconduct. That's the way this works. Okay, because there are people who want Cuomo out. The progressive left doesn't want him as governor because he's not loony left enough for them. The Ocasio-Cortezes, the de Blasios, they want him out. So believe me, they're looking for other people to accuse him of misconduct. Okay, so don't be surprised if that comes. But he'll get by that. But I don't think he can run again. So he's in his third term. There's a poll uh, taken by Harvard Harris. Um, and it said, um, let's see. The poll says, do you think Andrew Cuomo c- concealed the true numbers of deaths in nursing homes? Yes, 71%. No, 29%. So how could you run if the folks of New York think that? 71% thinks you lied about it. So, um, you know, and the legislature is going to strip Cuomo of emergency powers in COVID. And then another poll, Emerson College, um, asks, if the election for governor held today, would you reelect Governor Cuomo for a fourth term? Okay. 64% say no. 
So I think he's done. But I don't think they're going to boot him. So he's got another year and a half left. Uh, two years. Almost two years left. Um, so Cuomo, you know, he's not through yet. But the state of New York is a shambles. Absolute shambles. Boy, be glad you don't live here. Be glad you don't live in California. And I mean, I'm a New Yorker my whole life. I lived all over the country, but, you know, this is my home. And California is the most beautiful state, I think, in the Union. And, and both states are destroyed by the progressive left, period. Okay. Here's a very interesting thing no one will report but me, which is why you are here. So there is a Center for the Study of Partisanship and Ideology. It is based in Great Britain. A man named Eric Kaufman is a member of this center. He did a study on conservatives on college campion, uh, campuses, okay, both in the USA and Britain and Canada. So here's what he found out. One in three conservative academics and graduate students have been disciplined or threatened because of their beliefs. One in three. All right. Four in 10 American academics say they would not hire a known Trump supporter for a job. 40%. Okay. 75% of American and British conservative academics in social sciences and humanities say their departments offer a hostile climate for conservatives. 75%. Okay. And so the conclusions of the study is this, quote, At this point, only a proactive approach can work, such as the policies recently announced in Britain, in which public universities are to be audited and potentially fined for academic freedom violations each year by the government. In the U.S., state or federal authorities must regulate public universities to ensure they protect the First Amendment rights of staff and students and don't discriminate against political minorities. That would be conservatives. Unless reforms come from the outside, the academy universities will continue to be monocultures in which conservative ideas are not given a fair hearing, unquote. Now, under President Biden and the Democratic Congress, the government will not do anything about the fascism on college campuses. But if the Republicans gain power, they could do what Mr. Kaufman recommends, audit to see if students and faculty of conservative beliefs are being punished on colleges. And if so, fine the colleges like they are in Great Britain. Fine them, big time. That's what has to happen. Case in point, St. Joseph's College in Philadelphia. So he's a conservative math professor who's against reparations. He has been suspended with pay because he tweeted this, quote, suppose your great-great-grandfather murdered someone. The victim's great-great-grandson knocks on your door, shows you the newspaper clipping from 1905, and demands compensation from you. Your response, now get this racist reparation BS out of your head for good, unquote. The guy's toast because of that. College has suspended him because of that tweet. The Sentencing Project, you know what that is? So it's a group, advocacy group, that wants more lenient treatment for Prisoners, convicts, people in prison, um, even killers, murderers. So the study says that two-thirds of prisoners serving life sentences in America 
are people of color. All right. 200,000 people are serving life. Two thirds of them are people of color, according to a study by the Sentencing Project. But here's what the Sentencing Project leaves out. 60% of all American homicides are committed by African-Americans. 60%. African-Americans comprise 13% of the population. So yeah, yeah, if 60% of all the murders are being committed by a group, that group is going to have life sentences out of proportion. But you wouldn't know that by reading the Sentencing Project report, would you? Okay, Sentencing Project uh, urges reforms, voting rights for inmates, commuted sentences for uh, inmate populations at the federal level most vulnerable to the coronavirus, um, abolishing life without parole sentences, so that if you're a serial killer, if you kill 50 people, the Sentencing Project does not want you to get life without parole. Okay? Limiting sentences to 20 years, except in rare cases. So if you kill your wife, your husband, your children, 20 years, not life. This is uh, the far left. This is what the progressive movement wants. There are 42% of people serving life for drug trafficking. These are the top of the line cartel people. All right. These are the mafioso chieftains who import tons of heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, and they should serve life. Now, I told you about the cable TV industry falling apart. Okay. All right. So now I'll back it up with facts. So as I know many of you do watch cable TV. So MSNBC and CNN in February, this February, just a few days ago, their ratings were higher this year than last because of the new incoming Biden administration. But in the past 10 days, CNN and MSNBC have crashed. We will see that number in April. Okay. Now, they came out with the February numbers, and I thought Fox News was pretty interesting. So when I was at Fox, we were dominant number one. Every show, everywhere, wasn't even close. It wasn't a challenge on any level, anywhere, for 16 years. It took us four years to get there, and then we held it. Now, um, total day viewers, FNC, February 2021, down 32% from year to year. That's because Donald Trump isn't there. All right. Primetime viewers down 30%. The 25 to 54 demo in primetime, which is what they set their ad rates at, down 38%. It's a catastrophe. And I knew it was going to happen because Donald Trump was the star of all cable news for five years. And now he's not there. And so they were so dependent on him. But what do they do now? People don't care about Andrew Cuomo. So I thought you'd like to know that. All right, this day in history, March 3rd, 1931, the Star Spangled Banner became the official U.S. national anthem. Herbert Hoover, the immortal Herbert, 90 years ago, 
um, signed an order, a congressional act, they called it back then, making the Star Spangled Banner the official anthem. Okay? Francis Scott Key wrote a poem on September 14th, 1814. All right? There's Key. And then they put it to music, and then it became the anthem. Now they want to boot the anthem because Key was a slaveholder. And not only that, as district attorney for the city of Washington, from 1833 to 1840, Key defended slavery. Okay, he defended it. So because Key did that, they want to knock out the national anthem. So I don't really know why we have to knock out a song, because the guy who wrote the song is bad. Why do we have to do that? So I hope we don't. But they want to, the progressive left. Good mail segment, final thought that I think you're going to want to hear because life is complicated. We can make your life less complicated. That's coming up in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Let's get to the mail on the message board. Lisa, concierge member. I'm going to talk about concierge in a moment. Bill, I would really like to know who they are who decide to cancel anybody. Is it an organization, individual? How can they be this powerful? It's uh, social media. It's a pipeline. Okay, so there are social media groups, um, and they pick out a target, and they flood the zone with, we got to cancel this person. Then the corporate media picks that up in some cases, not all, but some. They drive the narrative. Then if the person's in the public arena, they try to boycott the sponsors. So it's a, it's a very well-organized process. There's not one person in charge. There's a whole bunch of progressive groups that do this. Now, I was on a Hannity radio program today talking about this, and I told Sean there isn't any of that on the right. Even the far right doesn't do that in an organized way. It's all coming from the left, cancel culture. Daryl, uh, I, along with you and your guests, don't know anyone who supports the cancel culture. However, I do know several far-left zealots that applaud when some person is canceled that they don't like. That's, that's approving. If you are happy somebody's being canceled, particularly if that's not fair, um, then you're part of it. You support it. My concierge, remember some people believe that the pendulum power will be restored after progressives overreach. I say this will not happen. So Mike disagrees with me. The groundwork has been laid in our institutions of education for our kids to accept the progressive vision. Same thing happened in the late 60s, early 70s. Same exact thing. Kids got older, and it all dissipated. Brian Teplis, Cincinnati, Ohio. Do the undocumented children come across the southern border get tested for COVID? No. Undocumented aliens don't get tested. Robert, Bill, you keep painting a happy face in regard to this vaccine getting things back to normal. Uh, Pennsylvania is a disaster. My wife and I are only a few years younger than you and have no idea where to get us. Look, I know... That's happening. Obviously know it. But by May, it won't be happening. I can't promise, but what it looks like to me, particularly with this new Johnson & Johnson thing. 
John, so Dr. Seuss is racist. The eyes of Texas lead to racism. Now, mathematics is a form of white supremacy. It's mind-boggling. It certainly is. Absolutely mind-boggling. Brian Bellinger, Taunton, Massachusetts. Will Hillary Clinton uh, run for governor of New York? Possible. Very possible. Keep your eye on that. Frank Woods, Buffalo, New York. Senator Warren pitching the wealth tax, 2% annual tax on folks with assets, more than $50 million. What's the likelihood of that getting traction? Not much. More likely in the states. I don't think the feds will do it. It's unconstitutional anyway. Jeff Copps, Mishawaka, Indiana. If the cancel culture were honest, they would decry Planned Parenthood, founded by Margaret Sanger, a eugenicist. Yeah, if the cancel culture were honest, which it is not. James Schwerba, Oneida, New York, upstate, been a member uh, for almost two months now of BillOReilly.com. I wonder why I waited so long. So do we, James. We're waiting for you. Become a premium or concierge member like James. Robert Kinsey, Tyler, Texas. I'm a premium member. Love the no-spin news. Finally found you a rare commodity. Call the truth. That's what we dish out here. Okay. You order uh, Killing the Mob out in two months. Just two. That's going to fly by. 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. Go to BillOReilly.com store. Bang. You got it. Word of the day, when Ryan Dwarf, do not be a moon calf. That's what M-O-O-N-C-A-L-F. Back with a final thought in a moment. By the way, I forgot to mention, uh, we have a new order of Stand Up For Your Country bumper stickers. They sold out. Popular demand. We want the bumper stickers. We have them. Stand Up For Your Country. Go to the BillOReilly.com store. There it is. You can see it on your screen. If you're listening to me on a radio, you can't see it, but it's nifty. Stand up for your country. Okay, life's complicated. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on therapy, and then they uh, go to family members for help, friends for help. Life is complicated. So I've set up something that might help you. And I did it solely for you. It's called Concierge Membership at BillOReilly.com. So when you become a concierge member, you can email me, and it gets directly to me. It's private. Okay? If you want your letter read, you have to put it on a message board or write me a, a letter in our letter area. But the concierge membership, that's just me and you. Now, a lot of people have asked me a lot about their children, about college, high school, what to do here, what to do there. Now, I'm not a genius, but I've been around. I know the world. I visited 84 countries. I've covered stories for almost 50 years. I know how it works. I can give you advice. You don't have to take the advice. But sometimes the questions I get are very, very important. And I answer them very seriously. So you might consider concierge member. It's kind of like a life coach deal. Um, we keep it pithy. Um, it's all up to you on what you want to do. But I think it's a very worthy enterprise. BillOReilly.com concierge membership. See you again tomorrow.